Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, redoing the top 20 in a fun way. Connor and I are looking at the players who were the top 20 picks from the 2022 NFL Draft, and we're reordering where we would put them today in a big board. So, Team needs, team context, that's not in the equation. Just a pure big board based off of not only what we thought of them pre-draft, but also with a couple of games now, about six or seven games under their belt and how they look in the NFL. So it's going to be it's going to be great to see where the shaking up is, where we each have different players. I think it's going to be a pretty different list when it's all said and done. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is Connor Rogers. Got an exciting episode for you. As we know, now Thursdays are wild card episodes where anything could happen. And today, we had a good idea where we we want to look at this rookie class. We want to do it in a creative way. So what Connor and I are going to do for you here today is we're going to go through the top 20 picks of this past NFL draft and reorder it without team needs into it. Just kind of a big board of where we would draft these players seven games in. So it's a little bit of a check on what we thought of them pre-draft and including what we have already seen from them as pros. I think there's a lot more giving credit than there is punishing guys, but we'll see. Connor, I'm excited for this uh, for this little exercise. going to give us a good look at some of the guys who were picked at the top of last year's class. Me too. It's, it's kind of a, a unique way to do a rookie reaction show instead of just saying, oh, this rookie's actually played well in week four. It's a big picture of the top 20. So if a player that you think should have went in the top 20 – they don't qualify for this, unfortunately. Right, it's only the right. players that went in the top 20 reshuffling, some overreactions, some instant reactions. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and you and I will go back and forth in, in chunks of five until we get to the end. Yeah, I, I can already see people now when Tariq Woolen isn't on either Tariq of our lists. It's always Tariq Woolen. They're, they're just going to be like, where's Tariq Woolen? But it's only the players that were picked in the top 20. We had to cut it somewhere. So maybe at the end of the show, we might talk about some guys that weren't in the top 20 that we would say would probably we would put up in that 20 at this point, but wanted to keep it organized. So we'll go from descending order. We'll start at 20 where we'll, we will work our way up to number one. Of course, we've got to keep the element of surprise to keep you guys listening to the podcast. But I figure, Connor, a good way to do this is just to remind people who went in those top 20 picks and where they went, the teams that selected them. Number one overall, of course, Trayvon Walker. Number two for the Detroit Lions, it was uh, Aiden Hutchinson for the Jags, of course, picking number one overall with Walker. Houston Texans at three, they went Derek Stingley. Uh, Jets at four went Sauce Garner. Giants at five, Kayvon Thibodeau. Panthers at six, Iki Aquanu. Giants, again, at seven, they took Evan Neal. Falcons at eight, they took Drake London. Uh, Seattle Seahawks at nine, they took Charles Cross. Jets again at number 10, they took Garrett Wilson. Saints at 11, Chris Olave. Lions at 12, again, they took Jameson Williams. Interesting to see where he's going to be on this list because he hasn't played yet, but we both love them. Eagles at 13, they went Jordan Davis. Ravens at 14, Kyle Hamilton. Texans at 15, Kenyon Green. Uh, Commanders at 16, Jahan Dotson. 17, Chargers, Zion Johnson. 18, Titans, Traylon Burks. 19 is the Saints again with Trevor Penning. And then 20, Pittsburgh Steelers. We're sneaking a quarterback in here. We're getting Kenny Pickett. Uh, he just makes the uh, the last cutoff there. So we will be reordering those 20 players. And like I said, it's not like whoever we're going to have at number one overall, it's not like we're saying, oh, the Jags should have taken this player at number one overall because we're not taking team needs and context into it. Essentially, we're revising the big board if you will revising the rankings of what we thought of these players just with a little splash of nfl experience in there so connor i'll let you start uh we'll we'll go 20 to 16 to get the first five out there so 20 for me was trevor penning i don't think anyone will be very surprised by that 19 kenyon green 18 uh traylon burks okay 17 kyle hamilton Oh, 16, Kenny Pickett. <sighs> okay. All right. Uh, so funny enough, I have, I have Trevor Penning at 20. I have Kenyon Green at 19. There I have we Traylon go. Burks at 18. I have Kenny Pickett at 17. And then I have Zion Johnson at 16. So okay. I have Hamilton a lot higher. Where was it? Where was Hamilton pre-draft for you? Eighth. 
Okay, he was fourth for me, so I think maybe I'm. Uh... Well, we're gonna naturally do that. I'm hoping gonna that he's gonna on. be right. I've got. We got to hold on. I'm gonna on do here. that too. So, well, I think we'll there will we'll be plenty of back and forth here. Trevor Penning, we haven't seen yet. We saw him in the preseason. We saw him um, during training camp, but he's been battling with a pretty bad case of turf toe, so he has not played at all this season. It makes sense that he's number twenty. He was a lot lower on my personal big board. That's what it comes down to. Too. And I know that he was lower on yours as well. We were kind of lower on him than the consensus was. Kenyon Green, uh, I think, has been playing okay. Yeah. Um, it's okay. But not better than like a Zion Johnson was. So I gotta have him all the way down here. I mean, I'll I'll let you take over though, because you were you were listing them off. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts on these guys that you got here on the first group? Yeah, I think it's it's self-explanatory on the bottom three, right? Penning was a guy I viewed as not a first-round player, and he's been hurt, so he's he fell one spot. He went 19th. He, he's here. Kenyon Green, I, I don't think Kenyon Green had a late start to this the summer, and I think he has not been great. Um, I think he has particularly struggled in pass pro, mm-hmm. but. I mean, once again, it's it's not the end of the world. Burks getting hurt. It felt like Burks was starting to turn the corner a little bit, and then he got hurt, so that was disappointing after he had a, a up-and-down camp. And then I think the one people want to hear about probably is Kyle Hamilton at 17. It's just tough to draft a safety in the top 20, and he, I don't think he could really cover, honestly. He's somebody that needs to play close to the line of scrimmage. Looks good as a blitzer. Really good as a blitzer. Looks good downhill. I just have significant concerns about any coverage ability with him. And um, that's been the issue with him. I know Ravens fans are very disappointed so far. And it it seems like he's gotten better in October than he was in September. Mm -hmm. And and I still think he could be a good player in this league. But, I mean, Trevor, there was a time where we we talked about Kyle Hamilton as a, a... elite talent one of the best talents of the draft all these things and that's where i I ranked him yeah (laughs) i just think i just think his coverage problems that i saw on tape at times in college are are, it's not going to get easier in the nfl you know i am not going to be nearly as hard on kyle hamilton he's not going to be ranked he's not going to be ranked fourth again for me i i did bring him down a little bit i can understand why he's a little bit lower actually when i did my first i'll say rough draft of this exercise i did have hamilton closer to 15 i think i originally had him at 14 but then went back looked at my pre-draft rankings um all right well you can hear my dog and that's that's guarding the apartment from nobody who's probably breaking in um no I, i i thought that kyle hamilton could be a player who had a ton of versatility but i always figured that like the coverage was going to be the the thing that took the longest for him. And when you look at his snap counts, hold on, let me find it here. Um 42 snaps in the box, 41 snaps at slot corner, and then 82 snaps at free safety. So defensive back is so difficult to play anyways. They're yep. using him in so many different areas. It was it, he was going to struggle. He was always going to struggle during this time period of where are we going to use him best? Where can we get the best out of him? Okay, can you hear him really I, loud? I keep I keep talking while you go check on the dog. Bingo. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should you should do that. I keep talking while Trevor goes and checks on the dog. I think with Kyle Hamilton, you know, part of the problem. And once again, this is like early reaction. So this isn't, if Kyle Hamilton was dead last on this list of 20, you kind of sit there and go, what's going on for a guy that a lot of people viewed as one of the best players in the draft? I think that I agree with Trevor. The usage is, you know, there was kind of a narrative around him or maybe a mirage that he was this unicorn safety. And I I just don't think that was true in a sense of you're going to have him play (laughs) traditional free safety, roam around or being a racer uh, with you know various skill talent in the slot, I just think that him playing in the box and living downhill and playing fast north and south and and obviously being a weapon as a blitzer and not giving a lot of ground as a run defender are, are things that he's really good at and ways he can make impact plays. If you ask him to get out in space and run with shiftier slots or... Uh, even run the seam with some of the more gifted physical athletic straight line tight ends 
he's going to find himself in trouble at times and any young safety would, but I, I think it's, you know, obviously been highlighted for him because of how highly he was regarded. Connor, I agree completely with everything that you said. <laughs> blind. Oh, that's amazing. Shooting blind. No, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you doing that. that. Was no problem my, at all. I've got my little pup here with me, obviously, as people wanted to know. And look, he's the star of the show. He wants to get in on the podcast. He can't won. Blame, he wanted it. Yeah, he, won, he wanted to get his draft takes out, and I can't blame him for it. So do I do. So do I here on this show. Not a fan of Kyle Hamilton. Apparently. No, clearly not a fan of Kyle Hamilton. All right, so I'll, I mean, I'll get to some other thoughts that I have on Kyle Hamilton when I bring him up a little bit higher on this list, but versatility is something that I figured would be what we love in a scouting report and also something that we punish him for, if you will, his rookie season, because that's just kind of what always happens. We love to praise versatility, but then when you get to the NFL, it's tougher to stay that versatile. You've got to learn a lot of different things. So that's right. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that at, uh, at some point. Um, let's go 15 to 11. Who got 15 to 11. So we can talk about these guys next. Yeah. So 15 to 11 and for Kenny Pickett at 16 for me, it's, I mean, we barely gotten to see him play. I think sure, I think the right. numbers look worse than how he's played, personally. Uh, he's had some really bad luck interceptions. I, I think it's a hard part of the schedule. I was shocked they decided to insert him when they did. Um, so Kenny Pickett's a big TBD. 15 for me, Jahan Dotson. 14 for me, Evan Neal. 13 for me, Ooh. Derek Stingley. 12, 12, Jamison Williams. Okay. Because Jamison Williams hasn't played, so I left him exactly where he got drafted. There's nothing to say. I still really like Jamison Williams and think he's actually exactly what the Lions need, which is a really good sign. Yeah, and then Kurt, 11, no, I'm just kidding. 11, Trayvon Walker, which that might sound bad because he went number Whoa. one. I think I had Trayvon Walker 20th in the draft, so he's actually played better than I expected, to yeah. be fair to Trayvon Walker. I had him 20th. Wow. Okay, now we're getting, now we're getting into some difference. This is good is good here 15 i have Jahan dotson so i wondered if we were just going to stay shot for shot the whole time 14 i have jordan davis uh, jordan davis is basically exactly kind of what i thought that he was going to be honestly could probably have him a little bit higher in this list i think he finished 11th or 12th on my big board so i could have him a little bit higher but there's some other guys that i had a little lower than jordan davis specifically the wide receivers that are already showing out yeah. that i think have been fantastic that i have above him i've got garrett wilson at 13 i know garrett wilson was below jordan davis uh, on my initial big board. So I've got him one spot above Davis. And then I got Chris Olave at 12. I've got Drake London at 11. So I just go boom, boom, boom. I go those top three wide receivers right there. And um, I, like it. I think that it's, it's, that's not a slight on any of these guys at all whatsoever. I know people might look at that and be like, dude, Drake got, got drafted eight overall. You know, you're, you're putting him a little bit lower, but I've got to stay true to kind of where I had them in my rankings as well. And versus some of the other players that are a little bit higher, I think this is pretty fair for them. So I've got those three wide receivers right there. It sounds like you're a little bit higher. Do dig into Evan Neal being a little bit further down, and then I'll have you get into Derek Stingley as well. That's somebody that I want to have a conversation about. So I had Evan Neal as the fourth overall player in the draft. Man, and, you got him this far down? And as the second-ranked offensive tackle for me behind Icky. Okay. I mean, I'm not worried in a sense, but I don't. I think any Giants fan will tell you it, it was not a good, smooth start for Evan Neal. I think he's had significant balance issues, especially in pass protection, mm. um, where he was not a strength of that offensive line. Now Andrew Thomas has been superb for the Giants, and I think you know it's hard to say that one tackle playing so well covers for the other because they're on opposite sides. But I think that more so is the Giants' line isn't a disaster, and it usually is. So they're seeing returns. And I don't think Neal's been terrible. I actually think he he's played his best football for the Giants in October. But I thought over summer and transitioning into September, there, there were significant, significant balance issues uh, once again in pass pro where he, he just didn't look comfortable. He was getting beat. He was giving up pressure. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I expected him to be a absolute dominant force from day one, but I, I did expect him to be better than what he's shown now the positives are i think they have a really good staff there that they're going to get the best out of him and playing tackle as a rookie in the nfl is a brutal brutal way to be thrown to the fire for anybody it's hard for me to be too hard on evan neal i had him as my number five overall prospect 
because I look on the other side of the, of the offensive line and I see the example of what Evan Neal could be, right? Andrew Thomas. Andrew sure. Thomas struggled early on in his rookie in his rookie season, and now he is the highest-graded offensive tackle that we have at PFF. He's playing like one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. So I didn't have Neal this low, but it has been – I mean, it's been disappointing. Well, I mean, disappointing may be the wrong word. He hasn't been great. I think that yeah, that's probably yeah. just the way that you put it. Whether you want to say that's disappointing or not, I think to your point, it's really difficult to come in and play offensive tackle in the NFL right away, especially as a rookie right out of the gate, no matter how talented you are. So I didn't have him quite this low. He's in this next group of players that, that we're going with. What about Stingley? What about Stingley? You got Stingley, what was he, 12? Is that where you had him? He was 13th. Okay. Now, keep in mind, I had Stingley 17th on my big board. Okay, okay, there we go. Therein lies the major difference. This is improvement. What I don't understand when I watch Stingley is the Texans took Stingley third overall. Oh, brother, don't get me started. The Texans are in Tampa 2 and Cover 3 all the time. Well, like, I don't, this isn't really about Derek Stingley. I, I feel like I could not put him higher than this because I don't, you drafted Derek Stingley with a top three pick. Mm-hmm. When you draft a corner to do that, I'm assuming you're going to give plenty of man looks that you're expecting this guy to be an eraser at the next level that creates mismatches for the other 10 guys in the defense. Cough, cough. That's what the Jets do at Sauce Gardner quite a bit. Jets have transitioned from a ton of zone to plenty more man wrinkled in, and we'll get there. They don't Stingley doesn't really get the opportunity to do this. So I like that he he has been really stingy uh, in the red zone. Mm-hmm. He's given up his yards and catches against some good players. That's fine. It's not really a panic with me, but I just I can't justify him being ahead all these other guys with what they ask him to do. We I have the stats up here real quick for Stingley. It's insane. 51.9 coverage grade this year, 42 targets, 28 catches allowed, 22 first downs allowed. And this is the part that really, you know, irks people who wish that they were using Stingley a little bit differently. 54.8% open target percentage. Only reason it's it's over 50% is because they're it's having him play off, right? He's playing yeah. a lot of zone stuff. He's not allowed he to hates get his... that. He hated it at LSU. <laughs> it's oh, everybody man. knew it. It's so silly. So it's funny where you say like, ah, I can't bring him any higher because of that. I had Stingley as my number one overall player in last year's class, and I'm not going to fault him too much for not being able to play well in a system that he shouldn't even run in. It's, you know, look, Lovey Smith, he's been around the game a long time, and he's a well-respected head coach, obviously a Tampa 2 guy, a more zone coverage guy at heart. I'm not saying he's. I'm not. I'm not out here saying that Lovey Smith's a bad coach, but you, you need to. You need to play to the strengths of your players, right? Like, like you said with Sauce Garner, like when you have a certain trend of what you're doing, and then you get a guy who gives you an ability that nobody else does that can change your defense for the better. Guess what you got to start doing? Guess what? It's it's your job as a coach to do something different to change it to what is most advantageous. And the Texans just. Uh, haven't really done that with Stingley. Why not take Thibodeau at that point then? If this is who you are, that was that was what was weird about it. Is it's like, did you make this pick thinking that Lovey Smith just wasn't going to be the coach very long? Because Lovey kind of feels that way. Lovey's never been. I feel like Lovey has never been that kind of coach to run a defense that gets the most out of Stingley going three overall. Dude, just a little strange. It's little perplexing. Strange. Didn't they say they'd play him in man a lot? I'm pretty Lovey, sure. Lovey came out after the draft and he was like, yeah, we, we, I think he called Stingley after they drafted him and said, I hope you're ready to guard the other team's number one receiver. And Stingley was like, hell yeah, brother. And then it's, that's not it was doing. a well-known thing in the scouting community before the draft that Stingley, you can see the demeanor and how locked in he was when they were not only playing well, but when he was asked to go out there and run all day in the hip pocket and man coverage compared to when they asked him to play zone. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it. And everybody knew if you take him with a top 15 pick, mm-hmm. you better be a team that pl- caters to his strengths so he stays locked in. And he's I'm not saying he hasn't been locked in. Right. But I just, I, no. I bumped him up four spots. Appreciate you bumping him up, getting it a little Holy closer to crap, what I had, which dude. is number freaking overall, but number one overall. But yeah, you know, when I do prospect interviews with a lot of these guys, like for example, I I, I think of Devon Witherspoon, who I just got to sat, sit down with, who is the corner from Illinois. 
And he talked about how much fun he has when a man coverage call gets called in and he knows that it's him on an island and like that's the stuff he lives for that's what gives him the most pride that's yeah. what's going to get the dog out of him on every single play and i feel like stingley is that same way and they're just not really allowing him to be as valuable as as he can possibly be for a pick where number three overall is high that is high to select the corner but you pick that kind of whatever now we're we're um, going in circles I still have yet to talk about we'll Stingley get there. when we get to him, and I can go back in circles about it. Uh, last one. What did you even we... have? <laughs> As what? What do you mean? The end of this. Li- the end of this section. I had. Did you ever finish? Yeah, I did. I had. Oh, okay. John, John it's been Dotson. So long. John Dotson at fifteen, um, and you could pick out one of these players, and we could talk about where they are in my yep. list. John Dotson's at fifteen. I had Jordan Davis at fourteen, and then I had the three wide receivers. I go Garrett Wilson. Yes, I go yes, Chris yes, Olave, and then I go Drake London. So the one I drastically disagree with is Jordan Davis, but the other counter argument is that they don't, he doesn't play enough snaps. I, ju- I just think he's awesome. Oh, so what, you got him a lot higher. Where, where did you I have, have Jordan Davis in my top 10 in this exercise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On my final big board, I had him 12th. I think I had him like 11. So I'm honestly probably lower on him than I should be. Jordan Davis should probably be higher on this list now that I'm even looking at it um it happens but it was hard but it was hard to put him above the receivers because all the receivers are doing exactly what they should be yeah i was very but, high on the receivers you know and and you you haven't even named the receivers Wait, yet so what did you think of me having trayvon walker at 11 yeah i think you have him higher i i have him i have him a lot higher on wow. this list um versus my big board i should probably have him lower especially because He's kind of what we thought he was going to be. He's a stout I run don't think defender. He's rushing at the, all. Yet. The pass rush win rate is below ten percent. I think it's like it's seven a, and a half. But, but the flashes and the yeah. high points of him are nuts. They're alien like, yeah. and I, I really do think it's just time. Like time is the only thing that's going to be in the way between him becoming a true all around edge player that you can count on on every single down in every single situation is he ever going to be a pass rusher like miles garrett or von miller or those your nick bosa no i don't think he's ever going to be that but i do feel like he's going to become one of those players that is known as one of the best in the game at having all-around ability he's not cam a specialist jordan? one way or yeah i mean like cam jordan Cam Jordan actually immediately came to my mind as well, but I don't want it. I didn't want it to sound like I was praising guys like Nick Bosa and Von Miller and them, and then just be like, "Oh, he's lesser. He's like a Cam." No, Jordan. I but, think it's the type of player though. Cam Jordan's a heavier. It's a different kind of player. Yeah. So in the way Cam Jordan is known as a guy who is an all-around edge player, a fantastic pass rusher, a guy who could be good in run defense as well. I don't know if. Trayvon Walker's going to be this double-digit sack guy every year. But, like, somewhere between seven to nine sacks a season and somebody who's going to give you their own run defense as well with the the freaky length and athleticism, I have him a lot higher on this list. I think I had him 14th on my big board. Okay. Um, and I have him way higher just because I've, I've already seen him. I've already seen those flashes of athletic ability be too much for NFL tackles, which has been great to see, so... That's where I got him. All right, 10 through 6 for me. This is where I knock out the receivers. Drake London at 10. Mm-hmm. Zion Johnson at 9. Maybe that's a surprise. I have Zion. Um, at, I had Zion at 16. I think, Zion's, okay. I think Zion's struggled in pass protection. But I think he's been good as a run blocker, which is yes. what we thought that he would be. I just wonder if he's ever going to be a fantastic pass blocker. We'll see. I also look at, though, who he's played with since Slater got hurt. Right? Or not Slater, uh, but they've had right tackle problems too. They've had yeah. so many problems on the offensive line where I try to like ev- evaluate in a nutshell. This guy doesn't have a ton of help on that line. That's fair. And he's put into a bad spot. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So Zion at nine. Hey, go off, King. Garrett Wilson at eight. Okay. Uh, Chris Olave at seven. Wow. Okay. Jordan Davis at six. So now, okay. the wide receiver so stuff's like a, a very obvious overreaction by me. I'm not saying I'm doing it for the show. I'm just saying it's easier for wide receivers to produce early, and they have. That's why Mm -hmm. they got the bump here. If I went Mm -hmm. back and did the draft today again, would I take Chris Olave over Garrett Wilson and Drake London? No, I wouldn't. But for this exercise, I'm saying that Chris Olave absolutely 
uh, deserves the bump for what he's done, how consistently he, he looks gets awesome. open. He looks awesome. Mm-hmm. So Drake and Garrett Wilson are victims of offenses that don't throw the football. And to their credit, it's kind of shocking. They still Drake London still has over 300 yards, and so does Garrett Wilson. They actually have one – they're one yard apart. So hell of a show today between – Marvel and then the classic <laughs> fire trucks. Somebody, somebody tweeted at us and was like, "Who?" Uh, there we go. Marvel, he, Marvel, li- Marvel literally <laughs> hears the sirens. I don't know. Oh no! It's uh, yeah. All right. So, congrats to everybody for already hitting bingo thirty minutes into the show. No, but I think what where it's unfair for Drake London and Garrett Wilson is that their offenses don't throw the football uh, efficiently right now. And now, Chris Olave has dealt with some crap since Jameis Winston got hurt. There's no doubt about that. So credit to him for getting through it. But I think all three of those wide receivers have flashed like you had hoped. That's why they are this high for me. Uh, the fact that they are all in the top 10 is very impressive. But Jordan Davis at six is probably the conversation I think you'd want to have here. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, I kind of highlighted. I mean, yeah, Jordan Davis is playing as well as you could want him to. Yeah, for he looks great. And he's on a great defense and his... The Eagles, because of the luxury they are in, which credits to them that they've built this themselves, they have a great roster and a great defense where Jordan Davis doesn't have to come in and be Superman right away. He can he can handle a work share that they think is manageable for him as a rookie in the NFL and how they get the highest effectiveness out of him with that snap count. So I don't hold that against him. And I know Eagles fans are clamoring for more of him, and it's probably time to take some of the training wheels off and let him go a little more. But Jordan Davis has been a total mammoth and a complete difference maker when he is on the football field. Yep. No, he's been he's been great. Who do you got? I I've got I got Evan Neal at ten. Uh, I had him at number five overall on the big board, so I can't be I can't be too low on him because I do still believe that he's fantastic. Right, a career is not made in seven games. I know he struggled a lot, but I do believe in him. And I, I still believe in the talent. I get Jamison Williams at number nine. I, I think I had him at eight on the big board i can i can stop guessing and i can actually just look it up like in, like in, like a like a real podcast this is a professional but, podcast but um if you're still listening right now congrats, i jameson we love seven. you i i jameson is seven okay. um kyle hamilton i have it eight simply because of what we talked about before you are asking him to do so much i still believe in the high-end talent that he has i believe he could be a single high guy for you of course his best stuff is going to come at the line of scrimmage because he's an alien with his length and he can tackle so that was always going to be his best place early on i believe he still has that potential ability to be a good slot defender to be a guy who could play on the back end for you as a single high safety but yes right now those two things are a work in progress it's a little bit of a struggle you like what he's doing in the box a little bit better. I get Iki Aquanu at number seven. Okay. Uh, I had Iki third, I think, out of Cross, Neil, and Aquanu, but they were basically all right next to each other in the top seven on the big board. And then number six, I have Charles Cross. Charles Cross is my top-rated offensive tackle. He's been able to come in, and though he has struggled in run blocking a little bit, again, that's what we expected of him. That's what the profile said. Pass protection, he's looked really nice. Hasn't looked elite, but he's looked really nice. And especially for a rookie, when you put that context into it, him coming in right away, I think he has been as advertised of what you would want of an offensive tackle. I mean, I, I love what I've seen from Cross and Icky. Love what I've seen. Uh, I don't know if we'll transition there yet, but I I think it's all fair takes. I actually think like you had Cross tackle one. I think you should mm-hmm. even take that and run with it higher. I think he should be in your top five. I think he's been great. I think it's. Well, I think that's something to stand on. I think he's been awesome. So, all right, well, uh, top five, top five. We're gonna have some some similar players in here. Mm-hmm. Five for me is Aiden Hutchinson. Four is Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay. Three is Charles Cross. Okay. All right. Two is Iki Aquanu. And number one is Sauce Gardner. Of course. Yeah. 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 Of course. With a beaming smile on my face, of if you're listening audio only. Number one is Sauce Gardner. Trevor, we can hear you say that through the smile. They didn't need. They didn't need you. Yeah, to tell me I that. mean, pride and joy of gangrene, Sauce Gardner. <laughs> Trevor, who do you got here? Five. I have Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and I'm going to be honest. We did this. We did this exercise for It's Just Football and the It's Just Football Show, and we only did this with the top five. 
And so I had, I still had Trayvon Walker, obviously in my top five, because he was drafted in the top five and we were restricting it to the top five. So I have Walker at number four in all honesty, I should at least have Walker and cross flipped given where I had them on the big board. So I should at least have Charles cross at four and Trayvon Walker at six. Flip them right now. Charles yeah, Cross is at four. Yeah, yeah. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. All Literally, right, putting, whatever we I'm putting, want. I'm putting Cross at four because I got to stay true to my big board. I can't really, I can't really go back on it too hard. I had Trayvon Walker outside of the top ten, and even though I've liked what I've seen, um, and I've liked him a little bit more than Aiden, I'll put him at six. So I got Charles Cross at number four. I had Kayvon Thibodeau. He's my number one edge rusher at number three. I have Derek Singley Jr. at number two. He was my number one overall prospect. I can't get in a situation where, oh, he's disappointing from what I've seen from him. He's playing a position, we've already talked about it, where he's, this isn't what, what he was supposed to be doing. So I cannot fault him too much for that. And then Sauce Garner, without a question. Number one on this big board, I knew that we would have the same list. When you look at Sauce's stats so far this year, they're incredible. This is a rookie corner doing this. 88.4 coverage grade, which is nuts. 40 tar he's been targeted 40 times he's only allowed 17 catches and yet he's got 10 forced incompletions just a 51.1 quarterback rating when targeted he's the truth man he's unbelievable congrats to the jets congrats to you he's been absolutely fantastic and he deserves to be number one on a rankings list yeah he was he was my seventh overall player in the draft and he, he bumps up to number one here i just it's it's been impressive and to see him do that against Cortland sutton I mean, it won mm. them the game, by the yeah. way. Like, he, he literally won them the game. <laughs> so, we're at that point with Sauce. Icky at two for me. Yeah, talk to I- me about Icky. I think Icky had a slow start. Icky's October has been insane. Icky looks so good in October. Uh, he hasn't allowed a sack, I think, since week two. But more importantly, he's been consistent in pass pro in October. I thought he looked so good run blocking against both the 49ers and the Bucks. He's incredibly athletic getting to the second level. We're seeing that bully ball. And I mean, part of this too is that Icky was my top player in the draft, like you would Stingley. It's funny, we both right. had our top players from the draft as number two in this exercise. You just have so much belief in their talent that when you see the flashes that they've both shown this year, you go, yeah, they're they're going to model that more consistently and that they're going to be the players that we expected them to be. Maybe the most interesting one for us in this is Hutch. Because we never really talk about Hutch. Mm-hmm. And you and I both had, correct me if I'm wrong, had Thibodeau over him. Yes. And some people listening to this might go, well, Hutchinson has four and a half sacks. Thibodeau only has one. Why do you guys still have Thibodeau over him? Thibodeau, I think, has actually looked like the more consistent pass rusher. Not just oh, without sacks. A, dude, without a doubt. I've got their yeah. numbers up right here. Hutchinson, yeah. 60.0 pass rush grade compared to Thibodeau's, which is 69. Um Hutchinson has 19 pressures. Thibodeau only has nine, but there's snap been count. some, yeah, there's been some snap count there. Oh, I'm also grading. Sorry, sorry. I, I should have said this. I, I forgot this is with a stipulation I have on this. This is Thibodeau since week five. So like when he's been fully healthy, the last three games, the last three weeks, this is what excellent. we're judging him off of. Pass rush win rate for Hutchinson, it's just 11.1. For Thibodeau, it is 16.1. That's jarring. That's that's like right. borderline mediocre to very good difference. Right. Yeah. Probably. So that's the that's the major difference for me is Thibodeau's a better pass rusher. And it yep. took a while for Aiden to kind of figure it out in college football. They were moving him around a lot. And this last year he absolutely went crazy and you love to see it. And I'm absolutely not taking that away from him. But I'll also say he I think this pass game was rushing a lot more from a two point stance and that's seemed to be what he was most comfortable with when he was at Michigan. So I am very curious to see if they continue to allow him to be a two-point stance rusher for the rest of the season and how much that pass rush win rate is going to go up. Because I think it is for him playing a more natural, comfortable stance and position. So uh, I, right now, it's it's still easy for me to say I'd, I'd take Thibodeau over Aiden Hutchinson. But I would like to see what a full year of, of him as a two-point guy ends up yielding. No doubt, no doubt. And you just look at those defenses right now. I mean, Aiden's kind of out there and with a unit that they just they can't get it right. They cannot get it right. And you look at what Wink has done with the Giants, and KT has talent next to him. Dexter Lawrence is really freaking good, man. Dude, Dexter Lawrence is playing so well this year. Like, that stuff matters. So, 
I mean, that really, really does matter. One note on me for the top five as well. Charles Cross was my ninth overall player. Gets bumped up to three here. Ooh, yeah. love it. Love it. Yeah. Co- coaching, it goes a long way. It, it just, I look at Seattle and I'm just so impressed. The, the. Not just uh, him, but Abe Lucas too. The task of starting two right two rookie tackles, I think is up there with some of the hardest tasks we've seen coaches have to deal with in the NFL this year. And Seattle's doing it and winning and scoring a lot of points it's it means something that's so. true it's true let's talk about we'll, we'll we'll get into some of the guys who were not in the top 20 that maybe could have got a shout out could have been in that group if we were expanding our, our stipulations here for this exercise but connor while you look that up we get a new sponsor for today's podcast bro throw b-r-o T-H-R-O, spelled exactly how you think it is. Have you ever bet on sports with your friends? That's basically what this is. BroThrow is the only sports betting platform that lets you bet directly with your friends in all 50 states, okay? No fees, no juice, no middleman. BroThrow is not a sports book, and not paying juice on the lines saves you a ton of money over time. BroThrow is a social platform. That's what they're classified as. Take control of who you bet with. Know who's on the other side of every bet that you create or accept. It's easy to create or accept bets, easily track your profits and payments, and always see the value of a bet when you make it. You don't have to deposit money directly into any bro throw account. Betters pay each other completely directly. Connect your Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, Skrill, Strike, whatever. Betting $11 to win $10 stinks. Nobody wants to do it. With BroThrow, you bet $10, you win $10. Throw out your first bet, go to brothrow.com backslash PFF and use the promo code PFF. Um, BroThrow is absolutely free to sign up for. Cut out the middleman, start betting on BroThrow. The way that I tell, the way that I explain it to people who ask about it, it's as if Connor and I were sitting on the couch. Classic, just goes, hey, bet you five bucks the Jets win. Connor goes, all right, bet you five bucks they don't or other way around probably in this scenario but that's it that's literally what it is you just now you had it you are doing <laughs> you are doing that with people all across the country so it's a really cool concept go check it out brothrow.com backslash pff and you guys have heard me talk about them before but our sponsor symbol has their best offer yet for new users right now symbol is offering 500 risk-free deposit to new users who join the stock market for sports when you sign up using the promo code nflsc your first deposit comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. How about that? If you were hesitant on joining or simply haven't yet, now you can do it with a risk-free deposit. As a reminder, Symbol, that's S-I-M-B-U-L-L, lets you trade pro and college teams like stocks and even earn cash dividend payouts when your teams win. Symbol is a peer-to-peer market that took the thrill of sports betting and turned it into the stock market to give fans a way to speculate on favorite pro and college teams. Now you can join with that $500 money back guarantee. Download the Symbol app uh, on the iOS store for Apple devices. That's once again, S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the app store. Use the promo code NFLSE to get a risk-free deposit up to $500. Whether you want to invest in up-and-coming teams like the Giants or the new top dog in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, Symbol allows you to buy and sell teams like stocks to profit from your own sports knowledge. You got to love that. Connor, as we kind of get back to this exercise, we limited what we did to just the players who were picked in the top 20, but... Is there anybody that really stands out that you'd say, okay, if we open this all up to just my top 20 from the entire class, some guys who would sneak in there? Oh, that's a good question. Top 20 from my ranking. So I was going to go all the way deep and go Tariq Woolen, who was I mean, not like in my you, top 20. I, right. I mean, you, we would probably put Tariq Woolen here in the top 20. I think you have to for as well as question. he's playing at a, at a big – well, I, I mean, I had value. Linderbaum fifth overall, and I think he's been phenomenal for the Ravens. Ooh, uh, you had him at five? Yeah, I had him at five, and I, I think that, man, he, he's he been excellent. For Would them. you have put Brees Hall in there, top 20? Now? Yeah. Because, like, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, right? Like, those, if they were available Tricky. in this exercise that we're doing here. It's a good question. Probably. I mean, I had him at 30, so... It's pretty close, you it's, know. It's he was he was. I know it's taboo for running backs to be in a top thirty-two on a big board in this era of draft analysis. This is safe space. This is safe space for you. Had him at thirty, so yeah. I mean, and the dude was one of the best running backs in football before he got hurt. 
So absolutely. I'm trying to think of some deep cut, deeper cuts here in the top 20. Abraham Lucas has been playing really well. Let me look at my big yeah. boy. Oh, I probably That was put, a miss for me. I probably put... Uh, well, yeah, it was a miss for me too. I didn't think he had the strength profile. I got scared of like, oh, you pack sure. 12 competition, which I don't try. I don't, I try not to do a lot, but beyond just scouting the helmet, if you will, there yep. is something to conference brand of football. And for the Pac 12 specifically, some offensive linemen, I'm not saying all of them, I'm not saying all of them, but sometimes Pac-12 offensive linemen can be a little bit lighter in the pants, don't exactly have the strength to anchor when they get to the NFL. They struggle with that against guys who are of starting caliber. So I do think that that goes into it. I had George Karloftis at number 12 on my big board. Okay, item 28th. I mean, he's been good. He's been fine, right? I th- I think I'd prob- I would probably have him back end of the 20, yeah. back end of the uh, the teens here. 18, 19, 20, something like that. George Pickens, I had at number 16. George Pickens has been good. I'd probably find a way to yeah. weasel him in there to make sure that and I he, got the victory lap. Pickett taking shots to him has shown how good he is. I mean, Trubisky was kind of hesitant to do that with him. I so don't if, I don't know if there's anybody else I'd put in there. No, I think that... Outside I, of somebody who would just be like vaulted up like a Tariq Woolen. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there's some that... That's about it. No, that, that sums it up pretty well. I mean, I, I think back to... Man, I, I'm just looking at my board. I have not looked at my rankings, honestly, since... I haven't either. Since the draft, so I'm just, like, looking at some of these. Obviously, there's plenty that you, you miss on and some you hit on. Dude, I had I, Quay Walker, 74th. I cannot believe he went in the top 25 picks. I mean, where did I have Quay? I was not... I had him 52. Dude, he went in the first round. I was twenty uh, second. So speaking of twenty second, I had Devin Lloyd at twenty second. Who's been baller? Good, tra- good transition right there, Connor. Appreciate it. Good setup. That was that was a good lob. Layup, um, dude. I think I'd probably get Devin Lloyd in there now that I'm looking at it. Where did I have Devin Lloyd? Were you way lower on him than me? No, I had him thirteenth. Oh, okay. So he would be in there for you then. He'd be in the yeah. top 20 for you. I don't know how I missed that one. Yeah. Well, he's up there. He's definitely up there. It's a fun exercise because it keeps you in touch with, you know, what is it early? Yeah. Like, is this a dr- purposely dramatic show filled with hyperbole at times? To an extent, of sure. Course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's a, we're trying it's to make a show. Like, it's fun. But it, it is very important to... Because if we did the show at the end of September... Like, Icky didn't have a good September, right? Like, yeah, you look at right, things like, like right. there's plenty of guys that start to turn it. Kayvon Thibodeau couldn't, didn't play. Right. But then you give them October, and it's like, oh, man, starting to turn the corner. So what will it look like for, you know, maybe St- maybe they do adjust with Stingley, and Stingley gets to play more man and has more opportunities to take the ball. Things like that. Your so. lips to God's ears, I hope. Just play the man in man coverage. I don't know. We need divine intervention. We got to no, we got to pray about it. We got to pray about it. We got to manifest and one day Lovey's going to walk into the uh one he's going to walk into the facility and he's like I had a revelation. Had I a listened to the NFL stock exchange. I had a dream last night while I was listening to the NFL stock exchange going to bed as I do every night. Big <laughs> shout out Lovey, huge sex addict for the pod. Oh man. And he's like I got to play I got to play Stingley in man coverage. These guys really convinced me. So, I don't know. It's it, it's fun to look back on it. It's fun to like you said look back on the big board. I haven't looked back on the big board since this summer since you know maybe middle of the summer when i was looking back at some draft classes and looking at some numbers of where i had them versus my board so this is a good exercise to kind of dive back into it and it is funny as i was talking out loud i was like you know what probably gonna actually have this guy a little time you just remember what your stance was and what you thought of these players going into the draft and so um this is fun to do i enjoyed this this is good stuff nothing makes me laugh like us spending not days not weeks but literally months to make these boards and do these evaluations. And And then as soon as the draft ends, you're like, I don't care about this. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's unreal. I keep them. Do you, do you keep all of them? Oh yeah. Okay. So, which was interesting for me because I used to, uh, keep them on my BR drive. Mm -hmm. And even before I left BR, we were migrating so i had to like save all these things yeah and it kind of made me regret not that i still couldn't do this i'm just honestly too lazy to do it i wish i made a 
printout binder for every year I did the draft. Like mm. I shouldn't. But also, I hate clutter and like things. I don't need seven binders or whatever just laying around this apartment. So that's part of it too. I like I'm fine opening up the Google sheet and being like, okay, here it all is. It's a weird. Uh, it's a tricky one. So speaking of keeping things. On a Google Drive, I actually just pulled it up right now to make sure that I still have it. I have the first mock draft that I ever wrote. That's amazing. I do not. 2012. That's I have, incredible. I have an entire first round mock draft here, and um, this is something that we should it. incorporate on the show at some point. I, I would like to at least make it half of an episode okay like one day when we're doing a mailbag we can open up with the mock draft maybe yeah maybe next thursday maybe we'll do a mailbag episode uh maybe we'll do a uh, we do need to do a mid-season like big board update show we do i think november is a good time for that okay it's traditionally when i've always updated the summer one yeah right november Like, like to redo the stock exchange board yeah, 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 yep. or or yep. just our, like our own, like talk to the people about like our own top fifties, like how much things are changing, and yeah, maybe we could, I guess, update the show big board as well. I think that that would be a good exercise into doing that. Dude, I I can't wait to see uh, Michael Floyd and Bruce Irvin and Quentin Copels in your oh, 2012 dude. mock draft, brother. I'm just scrolling through it now. It's it's beautiful, and people might be listening. Like, I'll oh, read it off. I can't. I need you guys to come back to the pod. Need to tease tease it. Tease it a little bit. Sneaky good draft with some horrible picks littered in. Oh, dude. It's one like it's it's cra- this tra- like you got the Trent Richardson at three. I don't want to give away that show. We'll save it all for that show. Cause that's I cannot wait. That's the most excited I've been to read a mock draft in years. Is your 2012 mock draft. I'm so glad you saved that. And it's gonna shame it's gonna shame the shit out of me. You know what the best part about it is, Connor? I have blurbs for every one of them. That I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I have I have an intro. I have blurbs. This was you got to realize. I at this point in my life, I had just decided that I wanted to do this for a living. Yeah, like I had just decided that I wanted to go to broadcasting school. Um, that I wanted to to pursue this as a career. So. I had loved and listened and, and followed the NFL draft for years and years and years, but this is the first time when I went, okay, let me see if I could do this. Like, let's have some fun doing this. So That's really funny because that was the first year I ever did anything with the draft as well. I remember I was writing for a site that no longer exists anymore. I think it was called Jets Draft. It was... I, Straight I to the point. Straight to like, the point. No BS some, involved. It was something like that, and it was like a subside of a network at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like whoever, whatever network ran those sites. So because of that, this is like the age of like bloggers actually getting some access, not much. I was a college kid. Same year. Uh, maybe. Let me make sure. I got on the Mel Kuyper conference call that he does oh, yes. with media. And mind you, yes. I'm like in my dumpy, dumpy apartment in <laughs> Albany, like on the phone. I can't even imagine what f- cell phone I had back then. I did not have an iPhone. Whatever cell phone I had back then. It was like a waiting It was a flip to, phone. Probably was. To ask Mel Kuyper You got to ask him stuff? Yes. I got a question. And I remember, so it was the 2013 draft. So I was a junior in college. And I asked them about Jamie Collins. Mm. Because Jamie Collins played for Southern Miss, who did not win a game that year. Mm. So I was like, and like back then, like the the draft landscape was totally different, right? Like now you go on the internet and you could Twitter search a player. And there is somebody that is posting clips of that player, even if they're a D3 player. Like that's where the draft covers. Back then... Like, I cared about, number one, being on a conference call that Mel Kuyper was answering media questions. I'm just some idiot college kid. I'm sure there was actual real writers on the call. And I'm like, I got to ask how you evaluate Jamie Collins. Like, on a winless Southern Miss team, mm-hmm. small school player. Great question. And, Great he, and question. he ate it up. Like, he went full Mel. Like, 8 million facts and why Jamie Collins was great and all these things. And, yeah, dude, it's it's cool talking about. We never do this talking about our roads into the space. It's wild to think ten years later we're sitting here. Dude, I 
I don't ever take it for granted. Obviously, it's, um, right. it's unbelievable. No, it's crazy. Now, you, now, I mean, now you're better than Mel Kuyper. It's crazy. It's crazy. Stop it. Stop Dude, no, Mel's Mel's no, Mel is absolutely the godfather of the this unnecessary hate. It is. Let me make something very clear. It is not cool to hate on Mel Kuyper. I cannot express that enough. For the draft takes. For yeah. the internet that likes to dunk on Mel. I mean, we all have our bad takes. Don't get me wrong. You do have better hair than him now, though. Thank you. You know, I think that his hair is iconic, but as is yours. So you I know. mean, so uh, this is the hair podcast, dude. You know, we know that. Come on, look at that flow. Get out. We did. We did sell out. We did both get haircuts after all of our big, we- <laughs> all our big chest pumping all summer. Uh, we got to get it. We got to get out of here. Before we do, we got to talk to you That's about enough. our friends over at No House Advantage. You're changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy platform available today. You pick. Are you playing pickup contests versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 in cash? Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks right. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every single sporting league, NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, even NASCAR. Sign up today. Use the promo code STOCK, S-T-O-C-K, at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app in the App Store to get your first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not about how you play, but also where you play. And you guys definitely won't want to miss out on this. Man, Symbol, No House Advantage, Bro Throw. These companies are out here just like giving you guys an opportunity to get in the game. We got money back guarantees. We got first deposits. We got peer-to-peer smack talk betting it's a beautiful thing honestly check out some of these uh some of these companies that we're promoing here we're not just promoting them um as giant sellouts ourselves these are really cool ideas these are really cool companies no, doing I mean, some really cool stuff so this podcast is just a hobby we're day traders we've always made this clear yeah of course right right, right. crypto bros get back in the comments oh. i, I want to see 60 comments on this video before it uh before it hits two hours in that's what i want pump up the algorithm yeah. How do they all start? All those comments. I didn't know about this at the time. No, they're always all of all of them start out with like, you know, I was pretty skeptical about crypto initially. Oh no, (laughs) it's so. That's it. That's it. Every time. Oh my god. It gets me. And then now all my money's gone because I invested in it. Well, hey, 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 we're coming back. We're coming back. I don't have anything in crypto, but. Christ. That's what I needed. I need right. I need crypto to tank, and then we'll get in on it, and then we'll be rich, and then we'll just take the podcast and just you know elevate it to a whole different level. Then it could truly be the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. Appreciate That's everybody a, listening. Yeah. Appreciate everybody getting in on the exercise. Of course, we would love to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts on our revised big board rankings that we had here on the show. Let us know what you liked. Let us know why we're frauds. Anything at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers on Twitter. You can also hit us up on Instagram as well. That's it for us this week, but we're going to be back on a Monday morning to give you everything on what matters most from what we're going to see in the NFL in week eight. For Connor Rogers, I'm Trevor Sycamore. We'll see you then.